Welcome back. Episode 27. 27 episodes. 27 episodes. Yeah. You know, like, uh, thank you for listening. I see we have some listeners in Ireland now. Interesting. And uh, that is cool. some of my have... favorite TikTokers are from Ireland just because awesome. they try to say English phrases and uh, it's hilarious watching them struggle <laughs> with R's <laughs> and L's. Comes out like a mess. Uh, it it's it does, a, but also there's just, just such so, a nice accent too. It's such a nice accent, but also the reason why I like watching those videos is because of the sense of humor that the people have while they're trying to do it. So it's like they're they're having fun with it. Like yeah, it's, I have it's a great. I have a friend. He, he's got the Cockney accent. He's he always sounds like this. He's always like <laughs> gonna, but it's it, it, yeah. It, so I, I said, well. When I hear you, I think of Monty Python. And I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I can't help it. What do you What do you think when, like, as as someone with that with your accent, when you hear someone with a North American accent, and he says, "Well, I just think you guys sound like porn stars," and I was like, <laughs> "What?" I guess that's uh, I guess that's what we sound like to them. That's, so, that's, so there's not, not there's more than is what he is what he's saying that there's more than one area where accents disappear. In singing and in sex, I guess so. Interesting. Yeah, I, I've always been curious, and I was like, "Well, that's uh, yeah." Was, I mean, I guess it makes sense, though. Most most porn probably did originate out of the United States, and then now, now it's probably out of Russia and Bolivia and yeah, all that. Yeah, you see Other, some of that stuff. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh man! <laughs> so yeah, this episode. Um, yeah, I I just kind of wanted to to kind of let our audience get to know us maybe a little more. Yeah, twenty seven um, episodes. You we've know, there's, uh, there's we've, a few out there now. Yeah, there's, there's a few people that are listening, and uh, we're uh, we're catching on, and uh, we appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I want to I want to start with Adam. He's the most quiet. And uh, maybe maybe has uh, a lot to say. Here. It's it's not that I'm quiet. It's it's that you guys are very very talkative. Like I <laughs> you, for the listeners, like <laughs> you don't like you might listen and it might seem like a lot, and I might be used to it. But it's this is there's a lot of substance in these conversations. Sometimes as whips by in like three minutes. <laughs> that is and so like, true. I've got to like be respectful and like wait for you guys to finish. And already we're on another subject, and I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, stoner's revenge. Yeah. yeah see, it's the yeah. same thing. Where did I put my car? Yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I sit here. I I enjoy the conversations. Like these are. I talk about it with people and. It takes me a little bit of time to maybe form some of these opinions that I might have about the subjects that are being brought up because a lot of the time it's the first time I'm hearing about it. Yeah, um, yeah fair enough. But uh, but yeah, it's it's been a good 27 or however many episodes and specials that we've done. Like, oh, I, I haven't even counted the specials. Oh, it, I know yeah. it's ridiculous. Those are this for is you, great. Not for, not for <laughs> metrics. Yeah, Goodness. and uh, yeah, the sounds uh, sounds all right. Computer's finally working. We had a little issues this morning, but we're 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 back, baby. We just did the the old Fonzie. Yeah, yeah. give hey. her a smash. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reference that should go over your head, it let should. alone our listener listeners. But, but it doesn't. But, but yeah, because we grew up with that '70s show. It was like a weird connection to our parents' time, like yeah. with I mean, obvious obvious flaws. But it was so good. Yeah, such a good show. That is that is true. Yeah. Well, Adam. Uh, in the get to know you, I guess, because uh, I'm the one who wouldn't know stuff about your childhood since Evan kind of okay, grew up with yeah. you. Um, yeah, maybe uh, 
about your your household growing up uh do you were you did you grow up in a religious household no 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 it wasn't no? really not even anything. like the like surrounding the family school, though i you, did oh. go to the, yeah i did we did go to the catholic school um oh, okay. we always kind of said we were catholic like i'm baptized and everything but uh, there's like no, there's no church there's no anything like that i think my grandparents on my dad's side are the only two that really keep going to church now and even nowadays i don't even know if they're going after covid and everything fair enough um mm-hmm. very musical as you know evan would know um yeah. so like growing up like dad was always playing drums and like playing music and stuff like that so nice. play, i played everything grew up on that stuff you have a favorite instrument uh well like i'm a guitar player okay, like that, that's kind of what i do more acoustic or electric, I, I remember electric yeah back in the day uh you, you you guys had that white truck or whatever oh man yeah and uh you'd be out there just sitting in the box of that truck with a guitar and you had that huge like uh, like Jufro, I guess. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I remember. I just, just I was ridiculous. walking down the street. He was just shredding, just shredding, and I was oh, like, "Oh man. shit!" Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of memories of you playing the guitar, bro. A lot hey, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. We had a lot of cool times with that. I forgot about that truck. We used to just like sit in the back of that on a summer day and uh, that drink sounds awesome. Pop, <laughs> drink pop, rebels. Yeah, Do you guys travel. Like, uh, no, you know no. what? Like, when I say, like, all I really do is music, like, that was like literally it. There was like, we went to Winnipeg a couple times to see family again, but, but we like, got, never out of the country. But, like, no, it no. was there was nothing else, no sports. Have you ever there traveled outside nothing. the country? No, never. No, no, no. You've I've never been, been to the States either? No. Holy I think, shit. Uh, the Gooch cruise has to happen. Ooh. Interesting. <laughs> Never yeah. on a cruise, but. Uh, I was just going to say. I was we just going to say we did a whole episode. Yeah, we yeah. did. We did. Episode we will not six. be on a cruise. Yeah. If we're going on a cruise, it's because there are people we followed on there and we know what we can get away with. <laughs> oh. Oh. God damn. Fuck a cruise. <laughs> she drank a lot that night. Oh. <laughs> fell, out the, fell out the window. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, I won't care if you won't. Ocean-based crime, basically, <laughs> didn't happen if no one sees it. Ah, yeah. shit. Or if it was registered in Panama. Yeah, advantageous. <laughs> advantageous. Is it person overboard now? Like, I don't that, know. Is that what they have to? Is that what they have to? At this have? point, who cares? Yeah. I mean, man was always used as a universal term, but yeah, not anymore. It's not. No. Not anymore. You're not. I would just yell overboard. <laughs> Four, yeah, like, four. <laughs> that one went over. That, yeah, I shut. I yeah. got that one long. Like it, it works, doesn't uh, it? Though, like, like a wealthy white person's probably injured. Four mm. golf course cruise. <laughs> yeah, it works. That's a fair Not way. To bad. I feel like any time yeah. a wealthy person's about to, about to get potentially injured, we should just yell four. I think that makes way more. That sense. does. That does. And you right. know what? More comically uh, pleasing. Yeah. So, uh, I think that works. What uh, What kind of music stuff are you doing nowadays? Uh, well, the Pioneer Radio stuff's gonna be coming out. I keep saying like by the end of the summer, but it, like it's fall now. <laughs> <laughs> so soon, maybe by the end of the year, right on, or the the decade. We'll see how things go out. Nice. Um, yeah, just working on a little bit of a portfolio, and hopefully this will be on there. Um, nice. Hopefully, get some more some more work through that. So if anyone's looking for podcast editing, voiceover work, full mixing. 
There you go. Tracking. You can finally hear what his voice sounds like for that voiceover work, too. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So we're not steamrolling him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No. It's it's always in good fun. It's what kind of what kind of music do you listen to? Growing? Um, growing well, classic rock guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Classic rock. I know Evan's all classic rock. It's all CCR and fair enough. Love the sticks, shit. baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh the yeah. sticks. Um. And then, yeah, like I, a little bit of everything now. Went through metal phases and never country, never ever country. I think that's probably why we get yeah. along. I, yeah, uh, that's, good. that's I, good. I didn't get bit by that bug either. My brother, though, yeah, yeah. he, he drank. I can see that. Well, he's a yeah. rural C- doctor Central now. Canada and basically all I mean, the unvaccinated I, I states. Like he's, he's, he'll be my little brother till the day he dies, and he hates that. <laughs> but uh, sometimes, man, you hang out with him. He's got the country music on. I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah, uh, I, I, I have a hard time Please. not associating it with just like a combination of all of the worst things like ignorance, racism, and laziness. I'm like, every time I hear country music, that's what I hear. It was like blue jeans, a red pickup, like all the Bo Burnham fucking tropes. Yeah. It was so perfect. It, 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 it is. Yeah, like. Chew to pack it, chew to pack it, chew to pack it. Yeah, I mean, I like nowadays. <laughs> Truck, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I remember hearing a song, and I, I and if if there are any country listeners on our podcast that recognize the lyrics, <laughs> feel more, free feel free to re- write in. But because uh, I would love to know what the title was, but I remember listening to this fucking song, and it was the one that just kind of like it was my final straw. People were trying to get me into country music when I was playing junior hockey because you you play junior and you're inevitably going to find some some country folk oh, in yeah. the boonie areas yep. and. Uh, they were trying to get me on, and I just, oh, fuck. Like, I drove my Chevy out in the woods and got it stuck in the mud. Then I went back oh, home and no. grabbed my Ford. Then I got that stuck in the mud. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck? So he <laughs> went back, like, four different trucks, and all of them got uh. stuck in the mud. And then his Jeep was, I think, the one that went through. I, I don't really remember. But uh, was that this, was a song. It was a song. Is this um, Corn Blund? I don't know. It's probably. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like the only country song I've ever blundish. been able to get behind other than like, I, I actually like some of, uh, I guess they're just called the chicks now, but they were the Dixie chicks at the time. Like when yeah. they took shots at George Bush, that was a fucking yep. great song. Um, but, uh, that the only one that that's like, I guess modern or more modern country that I even know is that I went sky diving. I went, Rocky Mountain climbing, <laughs> I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. Yeah, like there, it's that's the only country song, and apparently it's quite popular. You guys obviously don't I know. I don't it. know it. I was expecting us all to break out. <laughs> Gooch nope, gonna go I'm on sorry. tour as a fucking uh, <laughs> three headed uh, uh, singing here, but no, guess not. Uh, I've never heard that song, and I was I was kind of zoned out. Oh, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's I, that I definitely weed. did not grow up on that. Like, I grew up on. As you guys know, hip hop and uh, rock as well. My mom was a huge Elvis fan, and then uh, my my cousin and my uncle were in a punk rock band uh, called Victorian Pork, and they uh, they were actually quite big in um, in Japan, uh, which is kind <laughs> really? of funny because that's a phrase. But yeah, yeah, they were actually quite big in Japan. What were they uh, called? Victorian Pork. Could they say that in Japan? I don't know. I don't know. To be honest, never even thought of that. But uh, Victorian Polk. Yeah, I don't know if you want to try that I don't, live. No. Probably going to get yourself in trouble. Okay. But thanks. Uh, <laughs> especially for voiceover work. But yeah. uh, I don't know why this popped into my head. But uh, 
I've always been a fan of eighties music. I, I might just be because I worked in car dealerships, <laughs> or because you grew up on Vice career. City. Uh, that too. Yeah. That that and uh, Need for Speed. Underground. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, though, like the soundtrack to it, the yep. the radio stations, especially the G- the DJs that were on the radio stations in there, like cool one thirty. <laughs> oh, it's Mister Joe with Joe's flows, and you just like, oh man, like the banter you could get on Vice City Radio is so good. I miss that shit so much. It's good times, man. Yeah. They, made, they made good games back then, you know. Like they didn't have the best of graphics, but the stories were always amazing well i feel like that's get you invested it's one of the things that i can i can say that grand theft auto has not let me down in any of their releases like san andreas was a bit of a letdown only because the food requirement made it like it was such a stark change it made it impossible to just go on five-star gun raids i'm like shit i'm being chased by the military i I need this pop and there's a it's a 15 second freeze screen shit like i'm just getting getting peppered with bullets i need this rc cola like Uh. shit yeah Uh, but but for the most part the maps and the progress has just been sensational like the gameplay is so much fun well yeah i mean red dead redemption 2 was fucking excellent as well yeah a little more of a western take of uh you know grand theft auto uh it's just just the controls are brutal uh Mm. in a lot of these games because you have to like you have to keep in mind like you try to give a controller to someone that's never gamed and they're pretty much an adult, they're never going to get it. No, you know, it's true. like, here, I give my wife the controller for Fallout. I was like, oh, we'll make a character. It'll be fun. Like, 20 minutes go by. She makes her character, does all this, and then, like, tries to just look around and walk. Yeah. Couldn't figure it out. Hitting walls, looking up at the sky. I'm like, oh, my God. You know what's funny, though? Like, I, I, I still own do my it. N64. Because the way that moving was back then was so different. Yeah. It is so fucking hard to move the characters in Bond. I've tried to get... I tried recently, like like six months ago, to try and play Bond. And I used to be fucking unbeatable. Yeah. And using side scrolls and all of that to travel around. The little yellow arrows always fucking side swipe. Yeah. A little odd yeah. job punching the balls a couple times, run away. <laughs> only. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> can't couldn't fucking control to save my life yeah. it was insane because then you get like the the next like first person shooter i got into was halo and halo had very different controls oh yeah than bond big time right and then i haven't really been into a whole bunch of first person shooters other than those two so yeah it was tough mm-hmm. but uh yeah i guess kind of into like keeping with the intros were you uh were you more of a gamer like were you still a gamer when you were a kid oh yeah yeah oh, hands down now for sure um you know i just i got bullied a fuckload junior Mm. high um it really it was a way to kind of dissociate yeah i guess uh it's kind of fucked up but like when you have no friends at school and you go home and you you know my my parents worked so hard um uh they they were always doing something too like my it was i I consider more of a sickness honestly because like if my dad had a day off, we were doing something. It was planned, you know. It wasn't like oh, let's just chill. It was like no, we're going to Elk Island and we're looking at the buffalo, and then we're <laughs> driving home and we're going to stop at this restaurant. 
And we're going to order this. Does he actually have like a Klaus accent? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he probably sounds a lot like me, actually. Uh, yeah. so, you know, it's just, it's just funny we to do. We ask the questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just fun to do. Uh, but no, he's, uh, yeah, but like it, it gave me the work ethic and it showed me that, you know, you put hard work in, you get, you get results, you know, like mm-hmm. it, uh, I don't know, kind of prepared me for capitalism uh, at a very young age, uh, just having that. But, uh, you know, uh, gamed a lot because it, uh, it was a way to kind of, you know, escape, escape and yeah. uh, do something that challenged. Because uh, school to me was always easy. I mean, yeah. uh, math was, it's puzzles. Uh, I'm amazing at puzzles. Uh, I just, I, I just love math. Uh, anything that involved memorization, I was pretty good at too. Yeah. But English, where it was like, think freely, do write what the fuck you want. I was like, um, fuck, <laughs> like do do a food menu. Uh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Write a story. Uh, the, the man <laughs> walked walked pretty far, I guess, and got thirsty, and then he had to have his RC cola. Yeah. Ooh. That's it. Yeah. It was uh, it was a bad just time. Remembering a time you played Grand Theft Auto and talking about it. No, yeah. but uh, just just yeah, getting uh, getting bullied sucked. Um, yeah, I uh, I had I had very little friends. I, I guess I was just weird. Um, I, I don't know. I've always been like a self critical person, and it comes out a lot in conversation. And at, at a young age, like it's just something that no one's really comfortable with because. You know, you, you're putting up this like this this fake mask of who you are to yeah. be popular, and yeah. I just kind of saw that for what it was, and I was like, no, I like Star Wars, and um, I like video games, and I'm good at math, and you know, I have a, I have I've parted hair, yeah, I look like your dad, yeah, deal yeah. with it, right? Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, kids didn't. Um, <laughs> I had my nuggets thrown in my face one day. I got sacked several times. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know, I got I got bullied relentlessly to the point that uh, I wrote a note and I put it in my coat pocket because I thought I was going to get the shit beat out of me on the way to the bus. Like I was crying, like writing this note in the bathroom because uh, uh, I thought this bully was honestly going to fucking murder me uh, on my way onto the bus because he was threatening me all day and no one did fucking anything about it because oh you're just you just gotta stand up you're for yourself. But when you stand up for yourself, oh you're why aren't you a pacifist? Like this isn't the way to deal with things. Oh, yeah, and it's just there was no. Right way to it's do it. It's so confusing no. when you were that and, young. And uh, because you look at it like you're, you're, my parents, being logical adults, are like, don't fight, don't get in fights, you'll go to jail. Yeah. Uh, but like all the kids that got in fights were cool kids, you know? And I, I, it just kind of bred this. I hate, I hate, I hated sports. Yeah. I hated sports like so much because uh, of the junior, what happened to me in junior high. Like I, I still to this day, like don't go to hockey games, don't watch hockey, yeah. don't watch football. And, you know, like working in the car business now, I'm working with a lot of guys that love sports. And they're just like, oh, you watched the game last time? I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no I, <laughs> I gamed, I smoked a massive joint, and I hung out with my wife. It was a good night. Oh, well, yeah, sorry. what are the odds on this game? I'm like, betting? on a sport <laughs> i don't understand no <laughs> like i don't even know what an end zone is like don't ask me <laughs> questions who i'm gonna bet on like i'm less than useless and uh yeah it just uh, it, it kind of that i don't know maybe that uh pushed me away from more socialist mindsets too because i think a lot of guys that have more left-leaning ideology or you know play the team sports because I, I i i don't know maybe i'm wrong 
but it's that camaraderie and uh, that I just I didn't grow up with, and uh, I just became incredibly self reliant. I think from a young age because that's just the only way I could deal with the bullying and all that other bullshit. And yeah. uh, high school turned around though. Uh, what about good. you, Tristan? Huh. What what was happening to you around that time? I imagine we well, had I a very been similar about six years older than story, you, but, uh, but yeah, so like, like that you exact were in... time, probably a lot different things. Okay, but, uh, <laughs> I would have been probably in my twenties, but well, yeah, but like when you were, <laughs> but, going... yeah, no, when I was when I was in junior, I, I so BC growing up, like I was born in North Van. Um, we don't have junior high. Uh, well, there's one junior high in the Lower Mainland, and that's only if you're in French immersion kind of thing to transfer into like partial. Anyways. So we have elementary school till grade seven, and then you have high school eight till 12, which itself breeds some problems. You probably shouldn't put 13-year-olds and 18-year-olds in the same place. Huh. There's a lot of predatory shit that happens. Oh, I bet. Um, no shit. Grade eight girls and nine, grade eight, grade nine girls are targeted by grade 11 and 12 boys pretty fucking early. Um, That's disturbing. Yeah. Well, yeah, it happens on a pretty regular basis. Oh, man. But uh, yeah, I, I had a pretty... I think I had a pretty similar experience, but sports was my outlet. So like my parents were busy, but like we we were different. Like you grew up with a military family. Like my I'm the first one in my family to have graduated like high school. Like my mom got the her GED afterwards, mm-hmm. but um my dad had dropped out in grade nine. Um my parents had met when my mom was like twelve. So no like wow. yeah, they've been together for a long, 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 long time. Wow, um, that's yeah. commendable actually. Like, yeah, and oh yeah, it's super fucking rare. Like they've, they've oh yeah, like like I, I tell people I got married at twenty two. I met my wife at eighteen, but twelve, damn yeah. man, twelve and that's crazy. Uh, my dad would have been fifteen at the time, fourteen or fifteen at the time. Yeah, somewhere around there. That's when they met. They didn't start dating then, but yeah. Um, yeah, and so they've been together for a long time, but they, they, you know, family issues and whatnot. My my mom comes from, like, I brought it up in the past that, like, my, my grandmother, my great-grandmother were held in concentration camps under Stalin. So my my mom's experience with her mother and, uh, and that life was very, 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 um, I would say probably similar to how a lot of First Nations feel as second generation after residential schools and things of that nature. So... Um, you know, a lot of that generational trauma getting passed down. So there was a lot of wanting to get away and be your own people. So there was a lot of drive to get to to live together when they were early. So that, you know, different experience from my dad, but somewhat similar there. So they uh, they'd been on their own for a while and worked together. And so when uh, when I was coming up, my dad had just been starting at a bank. And so we were kind of the low income in one of the higher income areas, even though North Van at the time, like in Lynn Valley, where we were living, was actually considered pretty slummy um, just because there hadn't been any development, really. And now Nowadays, it's, now it's, it's like just... a multi-million dollar per house. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, wow. Yeah. So like <laughs> down the road. So 15 never min- sell the farm kids. So fi- yeah. 15 minutes from where my pa- my parents bought um, in a place called Deep Cove, which is absolutely gorgeous. It was undeveloped. So the road, uh, the road didn't go all the way out there. It was a yeah. uh, dirt road. Um, but l- my parents were looking at lots there and they were 140,000. You cannot buy a house for less than 1.4 million there. Yeah. You know? So we're talking like over tenfold increase in price. But uh, yeah, so my my parents had always instilled that hard work uh, into me as well, though, because, you know, when my dad goes to work, my mom decided she was going to run a daycare so so that she could stay with my sister and I, my little sister. And um, and yeah, so as a result, you know, my dad's starting a bank uh, bank job, but he's just, you know, 
basic uh, file clerk initially. And so we've got to do other things. We've got to take in international students. We're doing uh, newspaper delivery routes like to (laughs) buildings and shit. So we didn't have a lot of money growing up. But sports was kind of like what linked me to the other wealthier kids around there. So that was one of the benefits. And then because my, my parents always really because they both grew up with parents that weren't really in their lives, they really wanted to do the opposite. So they were always working to be in our lives. So my dad coached every sport I was in, which I would say had some positive benefits, had some negatives that came out of it. Um, Like the positives are, are obvious. Like, you know, you get, you get to have your dad there, which is kind of a nice support piece. Um, Mm -hmm. And my dad's actually pretty good and knowledgeable when it comes to most sports. Uh, When I was younger, I would consider him very knowledgeable. Now I'm more knowledgeable than him. So he's only just quite knowledgeable. That's, that's only natural. (laughs) The the student has to be the master at some point. But, uh, but then there's the downsides. My dad is a big empathetic uh, guy and he's a big softy. So um, any kids that weren't picked for attitude reasons by other coaches, they were on my team. And as a guy who got bullied at school, that meant the bullies ended up on my teams a lot of the time. At what resulted from that was I realized that kind of a different way about this is if I impressed in sports or if I made myself useful to them, they no longer bullied me. And so by being a better athlete, I could actually keep them from bullying me. Now, that didn't help in a lot of uh, areas because my ba- like the one kid who was the worst to me played uh, soccer and I had never played. Like, I mean, I played soccer, but I, I didn't play uh, against him with him or at uh, anywhere at that competitive level that would have been needed to impress him i guess but uh yeah i got i got pretty relentlessly bullied for a little while for, for me it was kind of so grade seven switch so you graduate grade seven you go to high school i'm in a different district oh, now okay. because we had moved so yeah, for it, us it was grade one to six yeah um and then seven eight nine then ten eleven twelve Oh, okay. And like grade seven started and I was, I, I had some friends, uh, but then this one, <laughs> I had two friends, Matt and Matt, mm-hmm. Matt Andrews and Matt Akins. Maybe, Matt maybe. A and Matt A. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. What the fuck? And, you know, we, we were all, we all played Star variety. Wars together. We all hung out and everything was good. And I just remember they both dated this one chick at the same time. Oh, and all of a sudden had like no time for like Star Wars or anything. Yeah. Right. So I was just like, fuck you guys. Right. Whatever. Fuck your whore girlfriend that wants to date two guys at once. Right. Now, <clears throat> she happened really? to have a religious belief. And I started to kind of hate on her a bit because she took my two friends. You know, I told them like, fuck, fuck that whore. She's dating both once. Yeah. And they took it to that place. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then all of a sudden I was that guy in the school. Yeah, fair enough. And it, it, it sucked because, you know, maybe I, I should have assessed what I was saying before I said it. I never took it to that place either. It was just more what people assumed, right? Yeah, and you, yeah. Were, pro- like, you were lashing out too because you were hurt because it was your two friends. Right? Well, yeah, right. and it was it just sucked because after that I had no friends. Yeah. Uh, and that was through all of grade 8 and all of grade 9. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it was just more of a... <laughs> I I don't think I don't think it's so far fetched to be pissed off at your friend for dating the same girl as your other friend in fucking grade eight. We don't like what's why you need to have a poly relationship in grade eight, dude. Right? Like, and I I, I remember asking her like like you just dating two guys at once like 
one's not enough and she just yeah anyway. like never mind you like you have no idea how to be like i think back to my kind of relationships in like grade school yeah and that's not like it's not that's not the time or place to be learning about no, that I, kind of thing. i don't think I don't, for me i don't think there's ever a time or place to learn that. yeah i i, I don't think it's uh I, that's just not how I go about having a relationship. That's I'm fair. not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying no, I don't. I wouldn't impose it on anybody. I, no, exactly. Like, to, so to me, I wouldn't be pissed at anybody for doing whatever the fuck they want. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Of course. Get, I don't. But you're you're not going to find me at the swingers orgy. You know. That's that's what I'm saying. Like fair it's enough. just flat no whole party not heaven okay no <laughs> okay, okay so that's off the gooch christmas I'll party send, <laughs> i'll send the gift ah, basket okay. i had my idea this whole yeah. time no Ad- like adam got uh, his asshole wax <laughs> man evan you're gonna just really like all yeah. that he's been limping uh, this whole time you don't you haven't i didn't noticed? even notice oh uh, shit. yeah this is how much he notices you adam <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, not enough not oh, enough jeez. Oh man! But, but you know what's funny is like yeah, in grade I, seven, I had kind of the similar. Like I had two friends. Mine were named Karn and Brad, so they had more unique names. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but it was kind of funny. Like uh, Brad was always the nerdier one. Karn and I played. Uh, we were always the more athletic, but we all played the same. Like we were all on the same soccer team. Um, but yeah, high school uh, switches, and so in like grade two or three, I had moved. Uh, like we had moved and so the high school in my district was no longer the same high school that was in my elementary school district mm-hmm. so all the people i went to school with including my only two friends oh, went to a different high school and i went to another one so the only person i knew in my whole high school of i i went to a french immersion as well so i was in french immersion so i'm in an, i'm in a class of like i i've been in a class of 15 to 20 people my whole life I go to a high school of 1850 people holy fuck yeah yeah and I'm I know one her name's Tiffany and she's my neighbor two doors down Hmm. and she's one of the hot popular girls nice yeah not nice because when she realizes that I don't I'm not I don't mesh with one of the cool kids instantly I know no nobody anymore so <laughs> yeah see so, it's fucking uh, jungle it was the jungle back it is then. So fucking like, awful. Uh, kid, kids nowadays don't even know like our education system was fucked but like, you know what you, they, like, they, they sit kinda... in circles and they work together now and they have their own like safe spaces and shit like we don't have, have any social of that media which will shit. torment them on a world oh, on a fuck. world level that's so you much worse what? than us but you know what you're right there but you're i feel like right the there. physical side yeah they might not like i don't think kids are getting the shit kicked out of them the same way we were and then having nothing nah. done about of it but yeah. they are emo- they're killing themselves at a rate that's insane no, in the last 10 right. years and it's and ridiculous school so. shootings yeah also but but yeah so like grade 8 and grade 8 was pretty much hell like cuz so i stayed in, i stayed in uh, french immersion when i switched to to high school yeah. for grade 8 and for grade 9 and so you're in high school at that age. I'm in high school in grade eight and nine. <laughs> yeah. Bro. So grade eight, I'm in a school of oh, grade twelves, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh I know nobody and um and because I, of being in French immersion, I'm going again into a class of twenty three people and there was one feeder elementary school or uh or or French immersion school to this school. Yeah. And so everybody else in my class has been together for the last seven years. They all know each other. I'm not welcome. Like, I'm a weird person that came from... A, and I'm already weird. I already knew that. So, like, it's it's already well, What hard kind of flow did young Tristan have? I was very, very weird. Like, so... Like, hair? Yeah. I have? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, I, I want to know. Like, what were you rocking in high school there? 
Um, for a while I had kind of similar to you. So the side part, um, and then I, I can't even, I can't even imagine you So I've just never seen this guy. (laughs) Oh man. So as an athlete, I, I started changing. So I had, uh, at one point I had leopard print, um, like leopard spots that I got put in. Yeah. No one had ever done that. So I did it for my soccer team. I had red hair, green hair, yellow hair. Oh um, shit. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, Cause then there was the, that's Emmett. probably why you're fucking bald now, man. Essentially. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Like, and then for the last, like the last years of my hairline, I had mad hockey hair. So oh, like, yeah. I had the hat with the hair that flew out from the side. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I can yeah. see you with that. Yeah. yeah, so I had that pretty yeah. pretty hard. Um, leopard print hair, though. And then the front, yeah, the leopard the front print, starts I got made falling fun out. pretty hard for that. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I was always willing to stand out. It wasn't always a good thing, but I was always willing to stand out. Yeah. But yeah, so like grade grade eight, I'm walking to school. Like, this is one of the worst bullying experiences I had. And, yeah. and it was just so fucking confusing. So I had only okay. been in martial arts for like two years at this point, but I, I'm walking to school and the way, like the sidewalk is on the left side and so is the school. And then right before you come to the school, there's the whole like the sports field and you're actually on a hill. So the sports fields are down below. And so there, yeah. at the time there was no guardrail. Now there's a fence and a guardrail and all of that. And so I'm walking on the sidewalk and out of nowhere, a grade 12 guy blindside tackles me into the, like down the hill. So uh-huh. I like roll down the hill with this guy on top of me who just blindsided me. And then I have three or four guys kicking me while I'm down on the ground. And I, I don't know any of these people. And, and just by virtue of luck, I had known that to lie on your back, cover your kidneys and kick. And so I booted a kid and I broke his nose. And that's the only way that the school was able to identify anyone. But here's the kicker, because I told my parents about this probably like five, six years ago we were talking about it. And I was just like... It's kind of like, you know, opening up the closet and just like, yeah. why was nothing ever done about this? And they were like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, the school never contacted you because Miss Dixon said she would contact you. And that was the counselor at the time. And she ah. said, so the school never contacted them that I got tackled and, and, and like jumped by these guys that I broke someone's nose, got him expelled. Uh, my parents had no idea about this shit. So they found out way after the fact. So the school's ability to report was, was a joke. So that that one was pretty big. I had um I had one friend for the first three years of high school. His name was Will Hall, and the weirdness of this is he was the most popular guy. Could nothing he did would bring me into popularity. I could not become popular. But this is the guy in grade eight who had abs that every girl like you know you know in grade eight nine. Yeah. Right around that time yeah. when your male friends started getting hugs from girls. Yeah. You were like, that's a weird intro. I never got yeah. a hug from you. Yeah. 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 Will got hugs from everyone. Yeah. This is like, he was the hottest dude and he knew it. And at the time he always had the Joe boxer boxers showing with his, with his pants around his ass. Oh, and his pants almost yeah, always yeah. His yeah. pants that's were style. around his ankles at my house in front of my parents so many times because his pants just fell down while he was standing there. It was so common. And this is a guy who wanted to be a doctor. Like this, this is how how we would act because of this is the clothing style. Yeah, that was like, I was wearing my pants like that. Yeah, sure. And and I'm six years older than you. Right. So like you were doing it when you were really young. I had the uh, Hollister polos. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, So you were a little bit on the other end of the That was about grade seven and eight for me. Lacoste was coming up. Lacoste and American Eagle were fighting hard against hip-hop yeah. <laughs> yeah. but yeah. yeah so 
Um, so That's yeah, sad. like I had my friend Will, and then he transferred out in grade ten. But it was like yeah. So the first for me that was the first couple of years were hell too, and then the last couple of years I grew, I grew, I got my black belt, and then suddenly nobody wanted to fuck with me, and the ones who did really really met the wrong end of me. So they they it it was no longer an issue in the later parts, but. Yeah, I kind of I think the one of the more unique things for me was growing up with my my mom, you know, being home running the daycare. So like always wanting to be around and then my dad basically always put, like coaching and being involved in sports. So I'm I'm used to not helicopter parents because they gave us a lot of freedom. They let us, you know, I would ride my bike wherever I wanted. Um, oh, that was I, always when I was 11. Kid. I remember taking taking the bus to downtown east side Vancouver to go and see my dad. Like where my dad was working, like because the HSBC building was there, and I took I took the bus, the C bus, and the Sky Train, all while I was like not even a teenager yet. <laughs> like man, my yeah. parents had a lot of confidence in us. Like so, they weren't yeah. helicopter parents, yeah. but they were always really involved. Yeah. So I, I'm very appreciative of that. But I think that the development in sports kind of was a the opposite of you. You saw sports as the enemy. I saw sports as the one opportunity for me to like make equality because yeah. basically for, for, what happened through physical action though so, i could never get but I here's here's what it that. was so <laughs> there was one guy who was visibly bullied more than me yeah. right and he would always come to me for support and i always felt bad because like sometimes i would give him support but sometimes if i was being bullied and i felt bad i would lash out at him as well because it was an he was the only other person that could be yeah. lashed out at yeah and his name was sean bester and if this ever makes it to him i'm fucking sorry i i, I really am i think you're yeah you were a good person you got you got treated like shit but anyway sean bester gets gets treated like shit on a on a pretty regular basis um but he's a pretty pretty strong guy like he's he's relatively well built he's not scrawny and when I realized that sports were the great equalizer was this prick Jamie Faye that was the one that used to bully me incessantly was also one of the worst bullies for Sean Bester. Mm-hmm. We're all in the same PE class in grade 10. We have Mr. Shaw as our teacher, bald-headed piece of shit prick, but he lets things go. And so we're doing rugby. And Jamie Faye ends up on one team and me and Sean end up on the other. There's not a lot of times where you can look at someone and know what's happening, but we looked at someone and we knew what was happening. We knew that Sean was only going to line up wherever Jamie was, and he was going to make sure that this happened. And Jamie was bigger than Sean. Didn't matter. Sports were the equalizer. And Jamie, because he's so full of himself, doesn't expect anything to happen. He's also a soccer player, so he's not keeping his fucking head up. And uh, Jamie gets, uh, gets the ball. He starts running, and Sean... Fucking clotheslines him, oh. stiff arms him in the head, KOs him, knocks him unconscious on the ground. Holy shit. Like, fuck. Fucking flattens this kid. And Sean didn't get in trouble. He didn't get suspended or anything. He got kicked out of the class for the day. But that yeah. just meant he got to go home early for beating the fuck, for knocking his bully unconscious. And that was right there when I was like, I need to play sports with the people. I hate. <laughs> uh, there we go. That's how I do it. Yeah. Because the first thing you learn when you get your black belt is they give you a card that regi- like that says that you're registered deadly weapon that you have to hold that on you at all times and if you are to start a fight, 
then you are actually going to be uh, considered uh, a criminal, criminally responsible yeah. <laughs> uh, for assault with a deadly weapon. And you also have to let it be known if someone is engaging with you in a fight that you are a deadly weapon and therefore can I have only my respond. license. Yeah. You don't want to do this. You don't want to pull it out. But you, just, <laughs> but you just go, look, I have to let you know I'm a registered deadly weapon. If you take a shot, I can't take the first swing, but I'll take the last one. And uh. that that's more or less with the the little spiel you want to get, but you're taught right away. You can't start shit. Ooh, in hockey you can. In hockey you can. Yeah. Just wait till he gets yeah. the puck. Just fucking wait. And that's that's really what I found out. And so I got a lot of my rage out. Despite being a goalie, I led my team in fighting majors. <laughs> so my last year of minor hockey, I had five fighting majors as a goalie. <laughs> and I've never. Here's the best part. I've never fought another goalie. Never. That's beautiful. Never. I've tried. They will never come to center. Because by the time I'm done with the player that pissed me off, they will never come and see me. No. I fucked this one guy up. We in junior, my first year of junior B, I uh I'm playing against this uh team in Squamish. And one of my buddies is on the other team. And junior you're, uh, it's a pretty small community and we get fans and whatnot. So um, this there was actually a video as a private on YouTube. It got pulled uh, about six years ago, but uh, uh, it was it was so cool because I was in it. But what had happened was two two weeks before it, I had had nut surgery. And yeah, I had had surgery on my balls because I had testicular torsion. And so horrible, horrible oh, pain, horrible. I they bet. say that it's like it's the third on the list of uh, pregnancy femur testicular torsion. That's so, yeah, that sounds terrible. So what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Like your the balls cord holding your bo- balls wrap around each other and cut off blood flow to one another. Oh, yeah. I didn't need to know. No. So, I need to no. know. so I have surgery. They were the size of grapefruits. My, I go to my hockey team that night. Of course, they already know, right? And they were Fuck. like, you got to see. They make a circle around me to put, if I can put my hands down <laughs> so they can see. I'm walking like I've been riding a horse without a saddle for a month. Like, it, to sit down in my car, I shit you not, I lifted them, closed my legs, and put them on my lap. It was that big. It was the most uncomfortable thing you'll ever imagine, all right? So this is the sensitivity level we're dealing with right now, all right? And two weeks go by. Now, Now this happened, the surgery was on a Monday. And, I just think of um, South Park episode where they're all like... Oh, yeah, where they're carting them around. Yeah. on their balls. Oh, yeah. So, Ugh. fuck, this happens on a Monday. Doc says you got two weeks until you can play again. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be sore, though. And so I was like, okay. So we have a weekend that is, uh, like, two weeks, but not quite. So 12 days later, we have a game. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm good to back up and go on the road trip. So I go as a backup, and we're in Squamish. Oh, and my man. buddy's on the other team, so he knows that what I went through. So does his, his team because he's a fucking asshole. And I'm backing up. I go through oh, warm no. up. In warm up, I get one shot and I'm like, oh, that's going to suck if I get hit there because it did not feel comfortable. And like they're still swollen. My cup, it's a goalie cup, but it's still not big enough to go over all of it. And uh, and so it, it was tough. And so Sean, uh, the, the starting goalie for tonight, he uh, he gets pulled after the first period. The coach comes over. He's like, what do you think? And I was like, all right, fuck, I'll give it a try. So I go into the second, and it was a weird one. The guy coming down the wing on the first play, the right winger, kind of just did a saucer pass to me. So I had to go down in the butterfly, but it was a really light one, but it took a while to get to me so he could speed up, and he immediately fucking bailed and tried to kick me. Like, he tried to kick me in the balls. Yeah, so... 
I realized was like, oh shit, these assholes are trying this. So the next play he comes in, he actually dumps it behind the net. I stop it and I flip him behind the net. So I get a two minute penalty. So, because <laughs> so, I'm like, okay, if these assholes want to try this, we're going to have some fun. So he gets out of the penalty box though, and he does the same thing, but this time he succeeds. He flips the puck at me. I go down and I don't have enough time to jump over him and he boots me. So he goes, he, he full on slides into me and kicks me as hard as he can. So before, uh, before the whistle can blow, uh, both of my gloves are off and I'm holding his visor up but his arms are locked they're underneath my knees and I'm just beating his face into the ground as hard like I've knocked out probably three or four teeth before I get up <laughs> and I now see everybody on the ice is fighting except for the far far end goalie but I have a five foot seven ginger kid named Kyle Smith on my team and he is fighting six foot six guy on Squamish's team <laughs> So the first thing I do is I grab six foot six from behind and I turn him around and I nail him in the face and then we start going. He throws one on me and I give him about two more. He gets knocked down. Now my chest protector's off and I'm at center. But before I go to the goalie, I'm at their coach because their coach is sending these assholes out and I'm telling him that he better get the fuck on the ice if he doesn't want to see the rest of his players go down. And so this was like an explosion like you wouldn't believe. But this was caught on camera and the (laughs) video got deleted and I was so upset but that was like it was it was like such a great release like you never get that to would know be, that yeah. release yeah. of like you get bullied oh i'll show you what it's like and knowing that there's no consequences mm. like they're not gonna you don't have cops waiting for you a guy came at me with two knives attached to his feet and tried to stab me and i re- i responded by knocking out several of his teeth like there's no police involved that was a sport yeah, but yeah, I mean, what an awesome discovery for someone who wants to physically lash out at those who fight, pick on them. Fair. Like, you get a penalty, I, I, right? Uh, oh yeah, totally. I got kicked out of the game. Oh well, there's the yeah. Uh, once your jersey comes off, you get kicked out. So my oh. jersey, my chest protector, everything was off. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. So you're gone, Jones. Oh yeah, I was gone for the game. <laughs> Didn't really matter though. I had a good reputation after that. No, <laughs> nobody was gonna try that again. Yeah, that's about it. Like that's my point. It's just like there's no there is shit. no. Well, and that's the thing is in high school, we never really got that chance, right? Like you were skinny and scrawny until you became a big guy and like it almost happened overnight and then you get big guy rules. Oh, you can't, like he's smaller than you. What are you doing, right? And it was almost the same thing for me. Like, why would you pick on that guy? He's smaller than you or he doesn't know how to fight. And I'm like, that didn't matter to him three years ago. Like, why the fuck does it matter to me now? Like, ah, I hate being a better person. (laughs) Yeah, it sucks, man. Yeah. You got got a whole different rule book. Yeah. Yeah. But but we make the rule book. That's the the truth, yeah. Right? Like, that's really what it is, is we make the rule book. And I think that I find myself in these pandemic times definitely lashing out way more at people. Like, I was at Home Depot yesterday, and within, within five minutes, I shit you not, Two, two no-mask guys walk in, but tale two, two different stories. I can be the outgoing nice guy. I can be the outgoing asshole, right? This one guy starts hiding his, his, his mouth under his shirt. He's trying, right? And so I had actually seen that Home Depot had masks. And so I actually go over and I grab one. Oh, my God, thank you so much. I, I just bought a box. I just forgot them at home. I was like, no worries, man. You got one, mm-hmm. right? This other guy, young, good-looking dude, uh, he, uh, he doesn't have one. And I go, oh, there's masks up front. And he just looks at me. I was like, Oh, you're an asshole. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you don't want one. It's really easy. Like you could cover it up really quickly. You could do the bare fucking minimum. No, you're just an asshole. All right. Well, go fuck yourself. Hope you get AIDS. 
That's what I said to the guy. <laughs> like, why not? I just don't care anymore. There's no more rules. There's no rules, there right? The only time there are rules and people are starting to try to impose them are on these fucking cell phone videos trying to get you fired for talking shit to people in, in public. And in some cases, you're right. Yeah, if you're calling, if Karen's calling the cops on a, a dude walking his dog, fuck that guy. Or fuck, fuck that Karen. Yeah, right? fuck that guy. No. <laughs> don't, please don't fuck that guy. He's very nice. Leave him alone. Fuck that Karen. But... Yeah. <laughs> But in some cases, all I'm saying is like, you're making your own rules. You don't have to be that nice person. Like, why why do you not honk at someone that cuts you off? Why? Why? Right? At the end of the day, maybe they didn't know. You're giving them an opportunity to wave and go, sorry. Right? If they don't wave, you know that they're an asshole. And you have no reason to feel bad about honking at them in the, in the first place because they're an asshole. Mm. There's, no, there's no wrong decision here. You just got yeah. to make, make your own rules. That's that's fair. I, yeah. I guess just kind of just don't don't play too fast and loose. Yeah, don't play. Yeah. Definitely yeah. not. <laughs> not 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 everything is a sport. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. But if you that do is. find that your asshole plays a sport, get good at that sport, join that sport, and beat the fuck out of him in it. Yes, it will fair hurt enough. him. Yeah. It will hurt him very badly. Yeah. Not just his physical being, but his no. B- yeah, his you can soul. take his ego too, right? His that's mind. the bad. E- the the best part about it is really hurting their ego. So like, I gotta ask like. Most people in law school start getting approached by, like, law brokerages or whatever the fuck they call law them. Law firms? Yeah. Law brokerages. <laughs> and, uh, like, didn't you get approached by, like, a few firms, like, while you were in school? Like, what? why, why did you choose to uh, just not... Not go that way? Not go that way. Well, there's a, there's a lot of reasons behind that. So... Like one of the reasons I went into law school, I mean a couple a couple of reasons, but the, the main one was because you want to fight for the people. Like I I have a I mean you know I like to learn. Like that's the biggest one. I yeah. love to understand why people are getting fucked. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> right. I okay. want to know why the system yeah. is fucked. I want to understand what the hell went wrong. Not just to know, but also because then I can try and start working towards fixing it. But until you know what the fuck is wrong. You can't really fix shit. So I wanted to really know, like, I wanted to see behind the curtains. I wanted to know what, what was happening. And I think law school is, like, business school was the first spot where I went, oh, okay. But business seems more like, it, 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 obviously, what's in front of the curtains. It's put there to distract you from what is behind the curtains. And so when I went to law school, you really get to see the behind the curtains, right? And mm-hmm. you get to see what's going on, how how decisions are made, how things are processed at that, like, executive level, at that next level, but um, the way that law firms work, uh, so they don't approach you, you approach them. So they mm. can come and do certain uh, presentations and whatnot. And there are a handful of big ones. Most of them, like you'll see at U- University of Toronto, where they will come and do massive recruitment ones. But that's because to get into the University of Toronto, you have to have a 4.1 GPA. <laughs> yeah. How? You actually have to have bonus work on top of your your straight A's in order to get into the U of T law program. Their that their requirements are insane. Makes no sense. Why? Well, like, uh, they're they're they, they, they want to know. They feed Canada's Wall Street. They feed uh, all of business the major business sectors in Canada. All of their right. upper echelon. They want to know how hard you'll work for nothing. Hmm. So <laughs> how hard will you work for nothing? <laughs> yeah. So they not very hard. Yeah, wow, <laughs> you'd be surprised. Yeah, because prestige is nothing, but uh, people will work very hard. Sometimes for it. it's everything there, yeah. right? Yeah, but uh, yeah. So, 
So the first part, I didn't really get approached by anyone. There were firms that had shown interest or members at firms that had shown interest in, in me just because of the way that I argue and the way that I, I think and approach things. Uh, specifically, there'd been mediators that really wanted me to get involved. And that's that's an area that I'm actually still potentially like I'm not I'm not out of it entirely. Um, and if I were to go into it, mediation for family law, I think is something I'd want to do. But um, I think that the dirtiness of the system being exposed and how broken it was, was really just, I realized that you could help people with it maybe, but it wasn't made for that. No. Like if you are aware, like of a modern hospital, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have a modern hospital right now. Are you, are you about to break my brain? I don't know. I don't think so. But I'm just saying like, if you're, if like, let's say you're a world war two nurse, but you're aware of the fact that there is a, a 21st century modern hospital away from the battlefield. Mm. How, how confident are you in your efforts of bandaging these people up with your fucking 1930 or 1940s bandages and like Mm. throwing, you know, like a high proof gin on their wounds and things like that. Like, what you're doing is you're you're using imperfect and shitty tools despite the knowledge of a better system mm. and a better way of approaching things just by pure circumstance. And I feel like that's what we're doing now in law is that there are better ways of operating the system and the problem is is pure circumstance. The fact that we're backlogged, legally there's a massive backlog and in order to remove the backlog, you would have to create a substantially bigger backlog because it would take time to improve the backlog. Like you'd have to train the new systems in, you'd have to build up this new system. So the, like a system, for example, to do that would be like to remove all family law cases from courts and force them into mediation because part of Canadian family law requires that the decision when there's a child involved be made with the best interest of the child, regardless of what the parents want. The best interest of the child always has to be at the purview of the courts. So that makes more sense to be done in a mediation standpoint because courts are necessarily opposed. Mm. You can't just be opposed for a neutral middle, like the neutral middle, that's mediation, Mm -hmm. right? So it makes more sense to put them into mediation and that takes a massive burden off. But then what happens to all of these existing cases of, you know, the wealthy man who hid $35 million in an offshore account and doesn't want it to go to his bitch wife. And (laughs) so he's going to fight it and he's got all these high powered lawyers who are going to question and, oh, you're changing the system to all mediation. Well, this is taking shots at our rights. You're removing my client's rights from being able to take what is rightfully his. And you're going to get all of this because they control a lot of what gets published. You're going to have a whole lot of emotions being thrown behind any movement to repair any system. Mm. Right. So I think that that would cause uh, an inevitable backlog the other direction. Also, we would still have to train up a shit ton more mediators in the interim to be able to take on this, this new uh, demand. So there's the problem is all about the efficiency of the current system. The current system is incredibly inefficient and more more new newer systems can be way more efficient but there's a time lapse period between getting from one to the other yeah right and i think that that's the same thing with um all kinds of energy when we talk about oil based cars to um sit like the battery cells we're noticing battery cells are becoming more and more and more and more and more efficient right it's getting to that point but there's been a huge lag period right in this middle ground where we've been producing inefficient battery powered cars that 
are like their 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 production is not actually offsetting the their their waste contributions like they had claimed that they were going to be originally yeah. right mm-hmm. but that's because of the lack of efficiency in this middle ground we need to build more till we get to that point and that's just all the scalability of business right like there's certain things like like um what's a good example I'm trying to think like most pastries most of these like ready-made foods those okay. things are unsustainable like unmakeable mm-hmm. for that price until you make a billion of them or until you make a hundred million of them or a hundred thousand of them, you have to produce so a like certain spam ma- spam. Like how yeah. many units of those cans do you have to make before you offset the can and before you catch up to profitability? Right. Because there's a, there's always going to be uh, that, that middle ground of like, Oh, well this business isn't feasible because we can't scale it. Right. Yeah. And they tried to scale certain things in the past that just didn't work. Right. And, um, you know, uh, the electric car initially in the 1920s was one of them. They tried to scale electric cars before uh, gas powered cars. And it, I mean, that, that was a manufacturing issue. But they've they've tried to, to increase. I like the probably the most recent example would be those hoverboards. Right. They tried to uh, oh, scale yeah. those hoverboard things, those fucking the two handle things. So, you see those security mm-hmm. mall cop security. People. Oh, segways. Yeah. Segways. So. The price point of them to so be basically manufacture a shitload of them and flood the market. Is... Well, yeah, because what what they had found was so I actually know a bit about the Segway one. There was a case. There were several case studies done on Didn't it. Didn't the to guy see... that created the Segway one of the... die flying off a hill on the Segway? No, he's a he's a he owns more patents than anybody else on the planet. He's considered a super genius. No, but he he died. <laughs> oh, did he? Oh, maybe on a Segway flying off a hill. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't. I don't. I there... thought that that was. A, a debunked one but maybe but either way like he was super genius he had like bill gates invested in him he had all the like he had uh um wow i didn't know that yeah everybody was invested everybody thought that the segway was going to turn out because like they were like they but they didn't think about a lot of things they didn't think about the legality of riding on sidewalks like that's illegal right so they had to like figure about uh, figure those things out and but anyways what they had found was to be profitable they would have to sell it at twenty three hundred dollars but all of their their uh studies showed that the only way that people would purchase it is if it was uh under six hundred dollars so you needed to find a way to bridge that gap and upscaling is really what you needed but the popularity Mm. wasn't there yet so they tried to sell it for 600 bucks at a massive loss initially but they couldn't upscale it enough or get the popularity there and then the legality came and fucked them so what i'm saying is like the legal system, all systems, everything that we have existing right now need to collapse worse so that rebuilding into it in a different way doesn't look so bad. It's why it's why the government, it's the same excuse that governments use when they bail out these big industries, right? <clears throat> because what happens if they didn't bail out General Motors, right? Oh, a, quarter of, a quarter of a million people are unemployed, right? So that's Briefly. The, so, but, okay, but briefly... But how brief? Because we need someone to fill that gap. But in the in, but before you answer that, though that quarter of a million people, because they all had high paying jobs, also have mortgages and a whole bunch of debts. So what happens to those mortgages and those whole bunch of debts? So the banks aren't going to get paid immediately, right? And when the banks don't get paid immediately, they actually might go in. Uh, they might have sol- solvency issues, especially in the states where they can um, uh, leverage themselves. 50 times more than what they actually have in mm-hmm. physical currency. So Chase Bank is known for doing that on a regular basis because they have uh, almost no money. And and so, 
you've got to look at like the small window period would have been, it wouldn't have just been General Motors. You might have had two or three banking sectors going down, which would cause probably at least a half dozen insurance companies to go down. Those half, uh, half dozen insurance companies go down. And then you're going to have <clears throat> however many other people that were impacted that might, like the trickle effect could quite literally be disastrous. It's, I think that's better than bailing them out and, and putting a patch on it and going forward. Yeah. I think the same yeah, thing with I the legal agree. system. I think letting the legal system collapse and and building in a new system is the right way to go yeah. because people will never buy the marketing that we, like, accept shitty for a few <clears throat> years and it'll be better. They'll never buy that marketing. So you just have to let shitty happen to them. They don't, they don't have to buy into anything. It's just going to happen to them. Yeah. <laughs> and i think that's with it when it comes to the legal system when it comes to any system <clears throat> our economic system i think that's what we got to see yeah um, I, i'd agree i mean it would be a harsher way of living um at least for a few years i mean yeah. the whole issue i see right now um ah, let's not do that we'll keep it on the personal stories we're having fun with that uh <laughs> how, how long are we at though we're only at an hour yeah yeah and keep it rolling yeah yeah uh so like you just didn't want to conform with what makes everything so shitty, pretty much. Well, yeah, like, like when I looked back and I saw, like, like one of the things, like one of the reasons I brought up that bullying incident with my parents was because that hurt. Like, to, to get jumped, to have my parents who I know love me more than more than anything. My mom was willing to stay at home and and start a career from her house, yeah, and be around kids all the time. And my dad was willing to go into a job he he, he knew nothing about at a file clerk and learn how to do it, and became a project manager with great with with grade nine education. My dad has gone through all of this. He now works for the city of Vancouver. Like I I know how much they care. I know, and so they never brought it up. And it was so weird to me that that would, and because it was traumatizing to me. And so I brought it up with them. And when I realized was that that's systemic failure, right? Mm -hmm. There's a failed system. So do you want to be, if you could be the best counselor in the world in high school, do you still think it would fucking matter with the system we have in place? I don't mm. know. The best defense lawyer in the world isn't going to change the system. There's a guy right now, um, another guy I learned about in law school that kind of helped convince me of it. And then there's one statistic that really helped. But but the guy, his name is Rocco Gelati, and he's a lawyer in Canada. And if you read our constitutional cases, so we, um, in Canada, so the, the common law requires you to have case law. So uh to confirm what the common law says so the way the law works is what you read on in any kind of legislation that's the plain the plain language or or that's the interpretational uh uh directions right so you mm -hmm. have to interpret that how you interpret that there's different theories as, uh, of thought on that um typically people go with uh something uh often termed a hybrid model where uh you try to take uh um, get an idea of what the legislator was trying to tackle. And so you look at like the purpose statement of the legislation, and then you couple that with the laws that were existing, because what you do is, as somebody who's interpreting, is you presume that the legislators would never actually intentionally violate a law. So you always presume that it all is going, like that the, if there was a, an intent that violated the law, like a way of interpreting it, uh, interpreting it that, uh, would make it violate one uh, regulation and one that wouldn't. You always just interpret it the other direction to as like a nod to the legislator, like you you wouldn't have done that fuck up. Mm -hmm. And and so, um, 
what happens is is we we end up with case law. So case law is the the decisions from the courts that have confirmed an interpretation of that law. So often it'll be like um like a good example is you have the right to religion, right? Well you don't uh uh um you don't necessarily like so it's it's religion and freedom of conscience, right? Mm-hmm. Freedom of conscience has never actually been explored in courts. Religion has been to a degree, but it's never really been expanded upon. <clears throat> right now, the best you can be described is that um, the regulators have no interest in challenging anything that's been considered a historical religious practice. So oral suction circumcision and things of that nature still happen in Canada. We know that female genital mutilation that happens through Muslim community um, uh, uh, also occurs in Canada. Um and then also that I would be considered to be a pretty butchered uh, uh, technique is, uh, or, or, or practice is uh, circumcision in general, which, you know, is is still a Christian Judeo practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are never going to be challenged. But you get interpretational guides like uh, would. Uh, so the only one that has ever the only decision ever made on the word conscience conscience in that in that right is uh, vegetarianism when you're in prison is uh, a conscious right, not necessarily not necessarily just a religious one. So mm-hmm. there was a Hare Krishna that was suing for when he left his religion, he still was a vegetarian. And they were like, no, you're no longer Hare Krishna. We're giving you meat. And he was like, wait, what? I don't yeah. eat meat. I've never eaten meat in my whole life. And they were like, yeah, we're going to give you meat now. And so he he was like, no, I need I, I, I don't eat meat. And so he refused to eat. And it actually took way too long to do this, but they ended up confirming it. Anyways, long story short, the way that case law works is really important because you end up with these nuggets from judges that say this is how you can interpret it. But maybe in the future with these potential things, you might be able to interpret it that way, right? And they'll give you those little nuggets. And that's what a good lawyer does is they find that shit. So Rocco Gelati, um, we have what what's called leading cases for rules and regulations. So those are the cases that are decided by the highest court in the country. So you look at the Supreme Court of Canada, that's the highest court of the country. If they haven't decided on a subject, what you look at, at is the highest level of a court of appeal. So the Ontario Court of Appeal, the BC Court of Appeal, are both going to be considered really, really high level courts of appeal. Um, and and so you can always uh, rest on one of those ones. And it's uh, I use Ontario and BC mostly because those two provinces are more litigious. Um, so Rocco Gelati, his name is on, I think, Four constitutional law leading cases. Nobody knows who he is. This is a guy who has single-handedly changed constitutional law in Canada. No one knows who he is, and he still hasn't been able to do enough. This is the guy who actually brought to the legal case. So he's a, a constitutional historian, and he found that within the Canadian Constitution, there is actually a provision. And this was last year; it made headlines in Canada. There's a provision that uh, that says that ter- during times of emergency, the Canadian government can require uh, the national bank to provide interest-free loans for the the construction of infrastructure. Hmm. And so, what we would have been able to do was build. All of our, like, repair and construct all of our infrastructure, but I mean from a shipping highway, any infrastructure could be loosely defined, and we could do anything with it on an interest-free basis. Rocco brought this case to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court rejected it. But that case needed to have more attention. This is, the, like, the best of the best still can't change what we need. Because imagine if Canada could build interest-free uh, infrastructure on the back of our national bank. To me, that sounds like a fantastic way yeah. of subsidizing business 
so that we can continue to grow our economy on a national scale, but also not doing it where it's going to hurt our taxpayers in the long run because we don't have any interest on it, right? We can get those things we need. We can upgrade our highways. We can. We don't need fucking road construction all seven uh, uh, non-frozen months in, uh, of the year in fucking Edmonton. Like it's so painful here to drive around. But you could you could have built everything up. Our our ability to do PPE, all of our uh, our we could have like infrastructure could be defined as doing recycling manufacturing, which we know uh, we know that China doesn't accept our recycling anymore. Like we yeah, could have the used Supreme so Court killed it though. I mean, the Supreme Court killed it, and. Again, it's going to be about how they interpret certain things. And so they're going to interpret it on the basis of how the legislation, uh, the legislators intended it initially. And but you got to remember, too, the Supreme Court will do pretty much anything with public support. And so there wasn't a lot of public support behind it because there was a lot of effort to deny people the information of what they were actually looking at. And that's so crazy. Yeah, because so, so, no was talking about it. Well, and that's the thing. Like, so why would I like it's just so hard to work for a broken system. I just don't. I don't see the benefit of it it's so hard for me to give a fuck like and i've become more and more jaded with it i think you have too when it comes to the business world in terms of like i don't owe you shit like mm-hmm. because you're not gonna like when it, when the going gets tough you don't give me shit so that's well that's 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 completely accurate yeah right and so i'm becoming more and more jaded in that respect and i that's only because the system is broken that it doesn't give us the shit we need i think but yeah what's up oh okay oh that was a not the yeah it was a <laughs> confusing gesture i thought you were like like waving me over and i was like oh we're gonna go have a private conversation while we're live no. <laughs> interesting hey, just come here for a second oh fair yeah. enough well that didn't work oh okay. <laughs> but yeah so it's like the reason i don't want to be in the legal world is kind of it's a lot of things into it. Um, I have even a friend of mine's case recently that that uh, explains it. So my friend owns a small uh, car shop in Vancouver, and he's being sued by this guy. He so he did work on his car. It's a piece of shit 2000 Jag, so just an absolute oh, gar- garbage vehicle. Oh god! Um, came in with all sorts of problems, and my buddy quoted him. I think it was like four thousand dollars. Um, by the time they opened it up, it was like more than seven thousand dollars worth of repairs. But He's a good guy, and he had red flags from this guy right off the hop. So he was like, fuck it. I'm going to do it for the, the what I quoted. So he told him, he was like, here's my full bill of everything I spent, but I'm only charging you for the 4000 And uh, no, not really much thanks or anything, but the guy, the customer goes, uh, okay, well, can I get a print off without, uh, without you saying like what I spent on it? Like just showing me the work that was done? And he was like, no, because then you could sue for me misquoting you or charging or gouging you or anything like that. Right. And so, uh, my, my buddy's getting way more red flags here from this guy. Uh, even more when he goes to pay and he pays with cash straight from Western union and the envelope has scratchers in it. So like, you know, you're dealing with someone who has no fucking money and long story short, I end up helping him navigate a little bit in the early stages of this. And the guy we find out has, uh three different aliases he has over 30 uh cases um uh in small claims courts over the last 20 years in vancouver all he does is he takes legal (laughs) aid funding he applies for legal aid funding so that he can go and harass small businesses and the businesses have no recourse they can't do anything they quite literally can't get money from him because he's on financial aid and they can't stop him because 
he has a right to go through the lawsuit process and the courts, because he plays off this, I have mental health issues and this, that, and the other thing, play the sympathy card where they don't want to discriminate against him. And so the law, the, the result is these lawsuits drag on for years and cost these businesses tens of thousands of dollars that they can never recoup. There was a fun win last week where the magistrate just uh, uh, awarded my buddy the $500 court cost for the most recent application. But this guy is a nut job. And so crazy people can fit through the cracks no problem and get and get the system to work for them. And it's the same thing you see in business. You see shitty, uneducated business people running their businesses and abusing their employees and all of that, and they succeed. And that's that something smells wrong thing that kind of set off that that first alarm and so i'm like why would i want to work in this system i don't want to be a part of this system i think it's fucked it's mm. so broken yeah like, that's fair enough like i i don't know that there's a lot of saving grace there and i know that i got pushback from profs um but on the flip side i don't think i'm alone because the uh, the statistic I, I mentioned that was also influential was uh criminal law prof shared with me that um the stats from the law society is that within five years of graduation, 50% of people drop out of the profession. So it's That's the same with teaching and I think dentistry and well, dentistry, they, they don't just drop out. They drop off. (laughs) True. There's a high suicide rate in dentistry. I wonder why that is. I mean, I think that whatever would attract you to wanting to look into someone's mouth, uh, probably would be linked to that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh you know as, what? as a retail guy who works around feet, um, yeah. if there was a profession that was exclusively dealing with people's disgusting feet, like an orthopedic surgeon, mm. I would say that that guy's I would imagine that if the pay wasn't high enough, the, the suicide rate would be. Well, even if the pay's that high, like all you like I I, like I, I get that. Dent- you just write all... their own paycheck here. That's that's what I'm saying though. Like yeah. Why, yeah, why, I don't why, know. why are you why are you doing this? It's also a pretty lonely job. You literally can't talk to any of your customers. Are you kidding me? Like all the dentist office I go into, there's one guy and like five dental assistants and they're all like Yeah, but they're all beneath him. And like you can't you can't converse with anybody. True. I don't know. And also, I think that I'd be going gonna, on a this, lot of business trips. I think that <laughs> I think that there's there's a commonality. That's what my orthodontist did, man. Every oh, year he yeah. closed down for like two months. Yeah, take all his November, orthodontal December. assistants, and they were all like early twenties, like French models. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, just like good for you, man. Yeah, but, fair enough. I mean, I, I don't think it's always money. I think a lot of it is that prestige we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. because I think that the one. The what commonality between vets and dentists are that they always wanted to be doctors, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, in uh, when you're a vet, you have the empathy card you can play that saves you. But as a dentist, it's like, are you saving anyone's life or are you just getting rid of minor minor irritations, right? <laughs> like, are you just mm. afterbite for the doctors, right? Like, there's really not a whole lot of issues. Like, you, you can get rid of a couple of mosquito inflammation. Oh, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But like de- dentists are doctors, like chiropractors are doctors, and, and oh no, you're going there. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're I right. Mean, in that, if that's the case, I'm a doctor, right? I have a juris doctorate. So, like, at the end of the day, if we're just fucking throwing <laughs> names out there, I'm Doctor Jones. You can play that Aqua song whenever you want. Oh yeah, but, <laughs> but it, it, it's just yeah. I think that the broken system was really like what got me, and it hit me at every stage. It hit me in hockey too. Like when uh, when my dad was coaching me in a tournament, um, 
I remember the other team cheating, and this was qualifiers for North American Championships. Shit. But we would have been down and playing in California for the for the North American Champs, and it was two things that said that happened. My dad's a pacifist, so he didn't want to fight it, and the other team cheated, and the system allows cheaters to win when nobody fights it. Mm. And so that's I watched. I watch what happens when you don't fight and I watch what happens when you cheat and cheaters win and people who sit back lose. And so basically the only time I'm ever influenced to do anything or encouraged to do anything is when I have a chance to beat the shit out of a cheater. Mm. So if I had a chance to call someone out <coughs> or, you know, doing something wrong, I know it's such a dick move. It's such a stereotypical white guy thing too, but I just, I just have no more patience anymore for people who get away with being shitty people all the time and never have to pay the consequences of it. So you're you want to walk around mass? Let's do you. But I'm I'm gonna call you a little dick prick. I'm gonna uh, oh my favorite one. There was this guy at Safeway. Uh, I think it was like oh you've done this a few times. Oh yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I I I always I always mentioned I I did a round of applause to a guy at Canadian Tire. I said hey let's hear it for the hero. We've got a hero in line everyone. A hero. Look at this guy. No mask. Hero. Right. Uh, because that's what they want. They want the attention. Right. Um, but my favorite my favorite one was that. Uh, um, Do you ever get to? I've got a medical exemption. No, you no, because these are only young dudes. That's exactly what I'd throw. Right. Like if I was, I, they are all I've young dudes. Medical. They're all young. They dudes. are. Yeah. yeah right. If, right. if there was like, I've seen. Like in the Safeway, where I got mad at this one person, there was a woman with an oxygen tank, and she stowed the visor over top. I was like, "Holy shit, she's a trooper!" And this young teenager, he looked like he was eighteen, nineteen. But here's here's where the kicker is: I'm super observant, and I'm really good at hurting people as a result. Oh and, yeah. And so this guy sees the old lady. So I'm I'm walking down the Safeway right by the cashier. So it's a straight line, long, yeah, long yeah. aisle. And the old lady passes him. And that's the first time he lifts his hoodie to go over his mouth. So he's starting to be a little self-aware. And, and he's got a Gucci hoodie on. So the, all I say, all I say, and the, the look on his face and what happened next was my favorite part. All I say to him was like, if you can't afford a mask, you probably can't afford anything in here. And I walked away. And I watched his head drop and he walked out of the store. And it was the single greatest moment of my day. <laughs> I felt so powerful because I knew he had an ego attached to money because he's got a fucking Gucci hoodie on and he's a teenager. There's no world where he knows has any financial knowledge whatsoever. And I just called him cheap because he couldn't afford a mask because he's hiding behind his hoodie. So, oh man, I knocked him. Like I, I read that personality and hit that kid's fucking sensitivities <laughs> out yeah. of the park. And it was, I got a $200 hoodie on bro. Yeah. Like that's what he wants to say <laughs> as he mumbles into his, I don't know what you're doing. Bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my mom has always hated my calling people out. I did the round of applause when she was visiting here and she was so mortified. And I was like, mom, don't you remember that you taught me to stand up for what, what is right? It's like, well, yeah, but you don't have to go and berate people. Okay, okay. So no one says anything. What do you think he does the next time? He comes in again, right? Okay, but now I'm not here, but a 93-year-old woman with respiratory illness is. Mm. Are you okay that because nobody berated him and 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 pressured him into doing the right thing. Now this woman is uh, at a higher risk of dying. Are you okay with that? And I play the guilty card all the time. And and she she knows. she's She raised me to be the person who's going to call out shit. 
you can't you can't undo that now just because you get embarrassed so <laughs> like, like yep uh yeah so the only the only time i'm i'm extra careful is with my wife because she really hates it but even yeah then, it's that's that's the place to use extreme caution even then i don't always use extreme caution but i use i use a, <laughs> a relatively decent amount yeah no that's yeah. uh it's a no-fly zone yeah fair enough <laughs> but yeah that's pretty much me i mean uh yeah nothing too crazy there but that's that's what made me me uh, and I had we my appreciate early you. days yeah well thank you appreciate absolutely you absolutely yeah. definitely different like the the growing up bc to alberta like well like, like, i was born in but, ontario but we've all had the similar yeah. kind of experiences in all that's the thing pull. right like, we've all yeah. been there yeah that's that's, that's i think the, the, thing. the schooling is the more interesting one like the grades yep. the break yeah the you know like that's yeah. a I mean, like the, the 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 predatory nature of what you grew up in must have just been, because like you you would have gone through it, yeah. being like a grade eight, especially like a girl getting hit on by like grade twelve boys, yeah. And then once you get to grade twelve, you just kind of expect it. And as a guy doing that, you know, you see all the other grade twelve guys and grade eleven guys hitting on grade eight girls. Yeah. And you know, when you get to there, you're just like, Oh, that's what I can do. Yeah. That must have just been it was toxic as a fuck. deplorable, toxic mess. Yeah. Honestly, man. It was. Like uh it wasn't any better here. <laughs> I'm not saying it was any better, but at least there was that separation of like seven, eight, nine, and yeah. then ten, eleven, twelve. Because it would have been into fucking, different personality styles, kind of. Yeah, I mean you you saw it in elementary for us. Like when I was in grade one, seeing a grade six kid, you're like holy shit Whoa. that's yeah, that's like exactly. an adult yeah you know and like even now when i remember like stuff from grade one like seeing grade six kids i remember them now as older than me so it's just a bunch of 40 year old guys fucking around yeah and like it's weird because really, I'm like, they're no. probably two years younger than me yeah exactly <laughs> they're, 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 we'd probably look i'd probably look older than them because yeah. i take fucking no care of my body <laughs> so it's it's uh yeah it's kind of funny when you think of that and yeah. you know I don't know, like uh, just just by what I'm seeing now in the schools, I I I love what they're doing. Uh, they they're really trying to protect everybody and give everybody a voice. Yeah, and that that that's so important. I mean, I, I never felt like I had a voice. I was always the loud kid. No. Like I in grade seven, so there was downsides to my mom having the the daycare too. Which like the worst one was gr- my grade seven year was the uh, it was the first year i had experience with bullying from an adult which was my my grade seven teacher mm. um so uh naffy toure and uh she uh, so my mom was uh babysitting her daughter which sucked uh because it gave basically it gave naffy an in to be friends with my mom and pretend like she wasn't causing bullshit at school so grade six i was like you math whiz loved it um I didn't really care about the social stuff uh, initially. Um, I was forced into caring about it because uh, in grade six, I finished a grade seven math textbook because they said I could start grade eight uh, in grade seven then. And so I, uh, it, uh, my teacher in grade six, Campin, said I just had to br- bring it to, uh, uh, to my new teacher in grade seven and they would uh, set me up with the grade eight one and I could do like pre-high school. And, um, and then Touré goes, no, I don't believe that you did this. Mm. and just didn't let me do it. So I lost all incentive to do math. I didn't give a fuck anymore. I spent mm. what what in my mind feels like 80% was probably closer to 10% of the of the year in the hallway. Um 
just on a regular basis. Anytime she would drop anything, she was a rotund fucking woman. Mm. And anytime she would drop chalk or a pencil or anything, uh, Tristan, come pick it up because her fat ass couldn't bend over and pick it up. Like, so I was called to the front to pick things up all the time for her. And my mom would huh. never, my mom would never believe me because this is her friend who she also babysits. So it's also a source of income. So like there were Whoa. downsides to that too, but that's, yeah. that actually got me starting to realize and pay attention to more of the social order and social studies and how people interact. And it got me interested into psychology and things like that, which, you know, for the knocks on the high school structure, I had classes available to me that you guys would have fucking killed. For. Like I had grade 10 psychology, yeah. which was like a college course because when I was done we grade 11 psychology, shop. I already finished See, I had I had advanced shop. I had art metal in grade ten where we made jewelry. Yeah. We actually had jewelry shows. We uh, like, that's we had, pretty. They gave us silver that. and gold uh, to work with too. Mm-hmm. We actually, I I had full on silver. We had to put a little bit of money towards it, but it wasn't a lot. But we bought sheets of silver. Like it's fucking cool. That's pretty cool. Um, and we would do work with it all the time. And you make your own rings and you make your own necklaces. And one guy made his own metal bong. And. Uh, <laughs> Ah. Yeah, he was like, this is a vase. And my shop teacher, Mr. Burns, was like, that's not a fucking vase. He's like, that is a weed leaf on it. He's like, nope, that's a Japanese maple leaf. He's like, fuck, that's not a Japanese maple leaf, you prick. <laughs> and, and so, and so, so that, uh, yeah, it was a lot of back and forth there. But, uh, but yeah, no, the, it, was, it, was, it was cool to be able to get those things, uh, awesome. those courses. But, uh, but yeah. I think that like teachers do a fantastic job, but they do what they can within the limits. And I think that those it's limits the... are getting so pushed right now, though. Well, and they are. And for the last 15 yeah. years, they had gotten better. I think I think they had gotten better mm-hmm. where there had been more social developments for teachers where they were starting to get some support staff for, you know, the developmentally disabled. And then we elected and... the worst government on Earth. You, oh man, there was a tweet from the I, UCP that was I, just. Put I up. honestly think uh, <clears throat> Kim Jong Il would be a better leader at this point. You know, I I, yeah. I, I don't I don't see if there's any difference. Uh, I I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't get how we put up with this. I don't uh, know I, how I, he uh, survives. But like, this is the other thing: is like when I say we write our own rules, we write our own rules. So. I heard a quote uh, last week that made me feel very, very strong. Mm. And it said that if you, if you feel like, what's a good way? How, how was it? How did it go? It was, um, if you are not capable of great violence, then you are not peaceful. You cannot be peaceful. You can only be peaceful if you are capable of great violence. Because if you are not capable of great violence, you're not peaceful. You're not making a choice. No, no. Well, yeah, you're you are you are harmless. Yeah. Right. And there's a difference because one are making the choice and one are just harmless. And there are a lot of people who are peaceful. Mm-hmm. Right. And the violent crime solve rate in Canada is only fifty percent. We're going here. And the cost to navigate the legal system to remove a shitty person can be years of your life and tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm. We've taken weirder gambles in day-to-day life. All I'm saying is that that's a rule that we put in that is not as strictly as enforced as you might think and a lot easier Mm. to navigate than you might think. Mm. Um. 
a good example is just looking to the Saskatchewan guy who shot a First Nations dude on his property in the back of the head who was unarmed. Uh, got away with murder. So you can do that. Well, what was the guy doing on his property? He was breaking into his car. Well. You still can't shoot someone in the back of the head. It's still murder. The guy lost his car, uh, his farm and everything because he lo- he won the criminal suit, but he lost the civil suit. But you can't claim self-defense on a guy who's running away. It just, you just, it yeah, just back of the head, that's, that's kind of hard to explain, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, not if I mean, not really. If you're looking at it scientifically. Yeah. But, like, if you're not trying to seem like a murderer. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could also just be, uh, you know, uh, Detective in Kamloops right now. um, Oh, shit. He went there. Well, I've been there many times now. I, I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm actually kind of concerned because usually it's CNN and NBC that just have the stories that kind of push along you know oh, this is the narrative oh whatever fox same thing just republican oh ridiculous um, and i, I the, the weird thing i'm seeing now just with all the divisiveness in society is some issues that fox would never touch that were inherently socialist issues are coming up on fox and they're like well this whole freedom of choice thing, the um, pro-choice, like oh, for the uh, vaccine. all that bullshit. Now you've got CNN saying things that like, if we don't push this budget through by the 18th, we're going to be out of money. Like, yeah. and, and that's, that's on CNN. And I'm just like, well, wait a minute. So Fox is still doing its crazy shit, but CNN's getting in on this. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it, man. It's, uh, well, this might weird be, times. Well, this Ratings. might be what we're waiting on. This might yeah. be that interim that we're waiting on, where mm. it gets worse before it gets better. Maybe we're watching it destroy right now, and this is the destruction. Well, here's the right? thing: I have a lot of friends in the car business uh, all over the country. Yeah. Uh, especially since the last two years, I was on the road going to car dealerships all over the country. Uh, I'm calling all my buddies that are sales managers. Doesn't matter brand, Chevy, GM. Uh, you know, Ford, fucking Kia, uh, Hyundai, Jag, Mercedes, no one, no one is getting any inventory in October. Yeah. Unless it was like a sold order or something that they've been pushing on and on and on. And like that concerns me greatly because they can keep pushing these orders on, but no one getting anything in October. The fact that if the government doesn't push through this bill, CNN is saying we're fucked. They're out of money. And well, this is what I was saying last week um, on our darker. Like, days. where do we go from here? Yeah. Well, and that's what I was saying last week is that there's a strong chance that the U S defaults. Um, and it's, we don't, I don't know. Yeah, there's a did, lot of, there's um, a lot of different things that could happen, right? That mm-hmm. There's going to be a huge drive to maintain status quo from a lot of the West. The West is not going to want to get pushed around by China, but China is what controls supply and demand in almost every country in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, there are smaller countries that get less affected by it, will be socially affected by it way more than we will be economically affected by it. But because of our social ties, we're going to buy into the narrative that we're being economically fucked by it. And so we'll probably end up making ourselves economically fucked by it just as a result. Because we're not very smart. <laughs> um 
just as a country in general, we don't analyze very well at all. Uh, the, the middle provinces are, are really quite ignorant. The farthest right uh, French-speaking province really only sees itself as one nation. And uh, Ontario might as well be one nation. So it, it, it just doesn't... I don't know where it's going to go, but it doesn't look good. Um, no. That's kind of what I've been cheering for. I think we're actually kind of in a weirdly good place where... You know, if uh, well, we're if, all intelligent here. You know, well, we can make something out of nothing, and that's yeah. that's where I'm just I'm kind of like, okay, well, all these skills I've learned in my career in sales aren't useless skills. Nope. Like influencing people's decision and thought is probably one of the most powerful things you can learn, and learning how to be a people person is a lot more valuable than being a book person in that kind of case. Yep. I think, but. I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I just, just talking about your past and everything and, you know, hearing all these fun stories, it's been good to kind of take a break from it, from it you know? Yeah. Like it's, yeah. It's just like, it's in my face every day. And it's just, the, the writing's on the wall. And that's what I'm worried about is people aren't, people aren't fucking seeing it. You know, I, uh, well, they don't want to. Right. And I, I think that makes sense. Like, I don't, I don't know that that's a bad thing. I think if everybody saw it and everybody was panicking, like we'd fucking have, like, I mean, we saw Y2K live. That mm-hmm. shit sucked. Yeah. Like, it was, it was a those good people time. were so yeah. stupid. Yeah, right. I, like I, you don't want to get them panicked. And I'm at the point where like, I, uh, I don't know if they would, would let something like that happen. Well, I don't I know mean, if, if you have a whole lot of control, right? Like there's, cause they, they passed that bill that, uh, they're, they got till the sixth of December or something. Like the government won't won't run we, out of money. I I saw a quick blurb on that. So basically, what happened and, was was in the last uh, uh, presidential <clears throat> cycle. So with Trump, uh, they added seven trillion to the national debt. So they had twenty nine trillion dollars in debt. Seven trillion dollars. Yeah. So they added twenty five percent of their debt to the to it, but just under Trump alone, seven trillion. Um and they constantly voted on the new budget to push that down. I want uh, my names on the right, checks. To, pu- to push that down the 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 road, and that's what they're trying to do right now is to just make a budget where they can push paying that back down the road so that they don't fucking default on all their loans and yeah they don't screw it up. Um and yeah because the United the Republican Party wants to watch the U.S. suffer, uh that's not going to happen. So stay tuned to see what happens. Um, but yeah, and we then, might be coming to you live from Morse Code next week. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> this weekend, also Thanksgiving, so in Canada at least. Yeah. So have a, yeah. a very happy Thanksgiving, yeah. Canadian Thanksgiving. I'm thankful I'm not American. There you go. Me too. <laughs> All right. Have a great weekend, guys. We'll see you next week. See us. Turkey Day. Turkey Day.